there is no one greater than you, Lord. You know, I hope you told him that this morning. I'm certainly telling him, and I'm going to keep reiterating that to him over and over again. Thank you for joining us this 11th day of October. You're listening to Sunday Morning Live. That's SML presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. And you are inside the pages with Pastor Carl Henderson. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. Tuesday, Bible study at 7 p.m. And Thursday, Acts of the Holy Ghost at 9 p.m. You know, it's nothing like, uh, you know, the last thing on your mind is when you, you go to sleep with the word of God, you wake up with the word of God, you're meditating on his word. Even while you're on your bed, you know, it's good to just have the word in you. You know, you can hear, we all absorb even while we're asleep. And I, I like to just turn uh, Bible Gateway on and listen to the word of God um, as I'm resting some nights, you know, and just to keep my mind, uh, just to, as I preached one time, apply the word of God liberally. We apply soap, we apply stain remover and different things into our lives. Uh, go ahead and apply the word of God liberally. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, I am faithful bold the church we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of god you know we're going to follow god's plan he has plan a he does not have a plan b he only has plan a and that's obedience it's better to obey uh, than to offer up sacrifices if you've missed any of the messages uh, uh, please visit connectingtruth.org click god on demand to access the archives. And while you're there, there's a video on the website uh, that deals with what we're talking about and that's being rapture ready. And so it speaks louder than words. It speaks more value than anything I could say, um, you know, uh, so watch it, watch it. Uh, we're talking about the, the definition. We're talking about the definition. I wanna read something, um, you know, and. Just to want to provide some clarity. I want people to be clear. And when we talk about rapture, we know the word rapture is not in the Bible. So for the benefit and information of all people, uh, you know, just want you to know that uh, we're, we're talking about being caught up. Now, the word rapture is not found in the Bible. As I said, the word is defined uh, as being carried away by overwhelming emotions. Uh, it, if to be caught up raised or changed or translated can be termed as rapture, then that's what we're looking for. But in any event, we're certainly looking for change and to be caught away to meet the Lord in the air. And the Bible tells us over in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verse 51, 52, it says, behold, I show you a mystery. I show you a mystery. Uh, that we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall rise, uh, shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Uh, Romans 8 11 said, let us, it lets us know, but uh, if the spirit, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Jesus from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. The second coming of Christ then is, will be quick. It's going to be quick. It's, it's not going to, uh, or the coming, the coming of our Lord and Savior, it's not going to be slow. It's going to be very uh, quick. And so the Bible tells us in Matthews, the 24th chapter, that the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man. The Lord said, Behold, thou hast kept the word of my patience. I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the earth to try them that dwell on the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Uh, hold fast, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. That's Revelation 3, 10, and 11. 
Uh, and so Jesus was caught up, uh, Acts 1 and 11. Elijah was, was carried away uh, into the heavens. You'll find that in 2 Kings 2, 1 and uh, 2. Yet he appeared with the Lord on the mount uh, when Jesus was transfigured, and that's in Matthew 17 and 4. Enoch also was translated that he should not see death. The Lord is coming back for those who have made themselves ready. And that's why we talk about being rapture ready, because he's coming back for those that made themselves ready. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Now, I know that people said we've heard that for years, and we'll talk about that, touch that, the Lord say the same in a few minutes. Watch therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at eve or at midnight or at the cock crowing in the or in the morning least coming suddenly he find you sleeping the word sleeping does not refer to the natural sleep but you not being prepared the lord's coming will be as a thief in the night first thessalonians 5 and 2. Uh, here again it is not physical night uh, that is referred to but rather a time of which we are unaware likely unprepared Therefore, we must uh, be get ready and stay ready at all times. Now, uh, the translation of the saints at the return uh, will, or at the Lord's return, will uh, be an eternal separation. Now, people think they're going to be together. No, it's going to be an eternal separation. And then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken and the other left, and two shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken and the other left. And that's Matthew 24. Uh, 41, 40, and 41. First uh, Thessalonians 4, 3 gives us the order in which the saints will be caught up. The dead in Christ shall go up first, and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them uh, and with the Lord. And we shall be with him uh, for a, a thousand years. And that thousand years is the millennial reign of Christ. And so when you think about that, when you read or you hear about the millennial reign, that is a time where the saints are sitting on thrones. The saints are given thrones to sit on and to judge angels and to judge the world. And so just want you to watch and therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to accept those things that shall come to pass and stand before the son of man. Uh, and so want to just clarify i want people to know when we talk about rapture being rapture ready we're talking about being caught up we're talking about the word of god which is his plan it's god's plan that is being that is going to be carried out you know as other parts of his plan has been carried out as well and so with that being said um we're gonna hear this this song of your love and right after that we're gonna go into the word of god and with your uh, devices and uh, you know just um, uh, whether you have your Bible I like reading my Bible and you know my paperback and stuff but your device and um, you know we're going to go into second Peter beginning at the first chapter and so with that being said uh, let's let's listen and be blessed let's worship as well
no power. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Bless your name, Jesus. You know, that's a reason to give God some praise, to magnify the Lord. As the psalmist said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. We're going into 2 Peter. I'm excited about Jesus this morning, and I hope you are too. I believe that you are. Amen. And so 2 Peter, the first chapter, beginning at verse 3 through 13, I'm going to do some reading here. You know, it, the, the word of God is the word of God, the most powerful, uh, the most. Uh, there's nothing more powerful than the word of God. Nothing, nothing. It supersedes nuclear power and any other type of power that you want to think about. You know, you could go into your, uh, your, your, um, your, 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 um, what is it? Um, uh, your, um, your, your particular definitions, whether it's from Star Trek, Star Wars, or whatever, you know, that you want to uh, pull and start extracting names from that associated with power. There's nothing greater, nothing more powerful than the word of God. Nothing more powerful. The sun has risen because of the word of God and has held its place. It didn't come too close. It didn't go too far. But it's right where God told it to be at at this time. Are you where God told you to be at, at right at this moment? Maybe some are preparing for uh, their morning uh, for worship to attend a service. You know, I don't know where you might be at work right now. And, you know, you so you're in the place where you to be at. And, you know, and some are, are listening and we'll hear this later in the place where God, the appointed time. And so it's great to just know that the word of God is the most powerful. And so uh, Peter is talking to the saints and said, according as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertaineth unto life. Now, remember, Peter, and I, I'm so excited about uh, the ministry and what the Lord told Peter uh, when they were locked in jail after the healing of the man. And, um, and, and so the angel unlocked the door and told them to go and talk about this life. And so if, if you want to, if, if anything, Pastor Henderson, is, I'm talking about this life, Carl, Brother Carl, whatever you want to call, I'm talking about this life, the life that Jesus uh, that is exhorting that he was exhorting then when he was manifested in the flesh, uh, justified in the spirit and seen of the angels preached unto the Gentiles and received up in the, with that same life that he lived in which we are now the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he appeared, we shall be like him, that life unto this life and godliness uh, through the uh, I'm, I get excited about the Lord. Uh, through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. Uh, verse number four, it says, uh, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by uh, these ye may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of this world, the corruption of this world. Uh, this world is corrupt. Uh, that is uh, uh, in the world through lust. Now, I need you to really to underline that word, and I need you to pay attention to that because lust is powerful. Lust is very, is very powerful. And so when we read through the scripture, we, we see this constantly talking about lust, and, um, and we don't properly define it in, as it should be. But the fifth verse says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So uh, as we have escaped corruption that is in this world through lust, we need to replace. Now, when you empty out, uh, when you empty out the bad, you have to replace it with the good. You have to replace things because the Bible said the devil uh, or demons, when they see that a house has been swept clean, I'm paraphrasing this, uh, it's been swept clean, that it wanders and then it wanders around looking for a place to dwell in. And then it will come back and try to dwell within the house that it was kicked out of. And when you see that that house has not been occupied, it will come and occupy that place as well as invite other spirits to occupy with also. And so you don't want 
demons cohabiting your place. You don't want them dwelling in your temple. Your temple, your body is to be a temple of the, of the Holy Ghost, is to be a temple presented unto God. The fifth verse says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to not temperance, excuse me, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if we, for if these things be in you, if these things be in you and abound, that then they make you that you shall neither be bearing nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Uh, the Lord has made a promise that people are looking for a prophetic word. They're looking for a word that, you know, that's going to speak prosperity into their life. Well, here is the prophetic word. Here is the word that is coming directly from on high that if we give diligence, if we add virtue, add faith to our virtue and virtue knowledge and knowledge temperance and temperance patience and patience godliness and godliness brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness, charity, love, you gotta love. And if we do this, if these things stay in us, then it's going to make us unfruitful. Uh, we're not going to be unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so we want that, that is prosperity. But he that lacketh these things, if you lack uh, adding faith to your virtue, adding knowledge, adding temperance, adding patience, adding godliness, uh, adding brotherly kindness or adding love, then he said that, uh, uh, that you're blind. He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. None of us should ever forget what God has brought us from and too many have. And, you know, God did not uh, preaches that you that you sin evangelists and those that are ministering the word of God and seem like they have arrived. No, they, they none of us have arrived any place. God saved us. We were all sinners. We are all sinners saved by grace. Uh, as Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Uh, I'm, I'm here by the grace of God and, and, and terrified. Listen, terrified, because I know that that in preaching the word of God, that you have to live the word of God also. You are first partaker. And so if you don't live what you're preaching, you're going to go to hell. You're going you're gonna to leave this life and you're going to stand before God and, and you're going to say, but I've cast out demons in your name and I, I've preached in your name and I've done wonderful works in your name and you're going to make all this claim to fame, but it was all done through the name of, and he's going to say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I don't know you. And so God has has blessed us and, and made us what we are. And so we all have to abide by the same uh, uh, rules and not forget that God has purged all of us from our sins. Wherefore, the 10th verse, wherefore the rather brethren, give diligence. Here we go. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, if we do what with those things, what are those things making our calling and election sure? Uh, I'm not talking about having faith. Well, I believe God is going to say, no, I'm talking about uh, giving diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so now uh, interest shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will be will not be negligent. Uh, Pastor Carl's not going to be negligent in this either. Uh, not going to be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, you've been exposed to it, uh, but and be established in truth. What to establish you in truth to remind you that you need to always to add to yourself and, and be diligent about your soul salvation. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, as long as I shall live to stir you up and put you in remembrance. That's what I'm doing. I want to stir you up and put you in remembrance of these things. 
That is my purpose. That's my purpose this morning. That's my purpose on Tuesdays, Thursdays. And if I bump into you in Walmart or any other store, Ralph's or something, I'm going to remind you then as we have good fellowship that we are uh, we have a purpose in life. And that is to live unto God. Uh, you know, it may not come out in those words, but we know when we see one another, uh, we're going to say Maranatha. You know, we're going to remind ourselves, we're going to know that our lives are, we're saved to be saved, to stir us up and, and have good conversation because we know we're living right. Why? Because we want to seal the deal. You, you want to seal the deal. You know, to stir up means to fire up. It means to, uh, to add some heat to it, uh, to ignite it, or to work, uh, work up into a agitation or excitement. And God wants to inspire. God wants to motivate. He wants to provoke. Uh, God wants to stir us up. You know, uh, uh, sometimes God will do something to stir up godly jealousy in us. Uh, you know, I was out in, uh, with my uh, grandson and we were out and about and going to the store. And there were some brothers in the parking lot and they were just witnessing and passing out tracks. I got jealous. Uh, they, they, that was really messing with me because I... I, I like to be out witnessing too. I like to be out talking about our Lord and Savior as well. And uh, they and there they were. They were doing the very thing that I like to do as a group. And so just and just thank God because they were being uh, they were on fire and doing what God had called us to do, and that is to be witnesses. Many are have become nonchalant uh, in their walk with Christ. They weaken their walk, uh, being caught up. Uh, is a secondary, even third, fourth uh, on the list of priorities. But Peter emphasizes uh, that what have they been caught up in? They have not been caught up in the word of God. They're caught up in their own lust. And Peter emphasizes lust as an enemy of uh, which alters. Lust uh, interferes. Lust causes any and everyone to lose focus on the prize. You know, when the word lust or uh, lustly and, and uh, different variations of it is mentioned about 50 times as a threat. Uh, lust is a threat to your walk with Christ. And so Peter is serious about his warning to all the, that would listen and believe. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Lust wars against us. Lust will have you doing things that you should not be doing. Lust will have you thinking thoughts that you should not be thinking. Lust will have you watching pictures and different things indulged in areas that you should not be indulged in. Uh, we have to shut it down. Lust is powerful and use, uh, you know, uh, when we look at commercials, lust is used uh, as a powerful tool for selling cars, even selling hamburgers. Had the girl washing the car, you know who I'm talking about, some of you, uh, had her washing the car and climbing all over with a hamburger, uh, lust. Lust is used to market and sell music uh, as well as gospel music. I was looking at a gospel cover and I was like, oh, my God, uh, how are they on there like that? Why are they trying to look like that? What, whatever happened to being modest? Whatever happened to being sanctified, uh, being reserved unto the Lord, acting like uh, somebody that's engaged, somebody that's married already, somebody that, that got it going on. And, you know, I'm saving all of this for my partner. And so uh, uh, lust, uh, lust have people posing and uh, that goes back to the 1800s where they started using uh, this uh, method, this tool, lust. So they knew how powerful it was that, to sell cigarettes. You know, there was a commercial that say fly me and they said it in such a way that it caused the passenger uh, people flying the flights to increase by about 23 or more percent. Uh, over the next few years, all because somebody was giving a wink. Somebody was saying uh, with a kind voice, come on, fly me. And so uh, you need to know. Uh, I, I want you to know and to understand that God is and will never endorse a provocative behavior. You know, there's a difference in flirting with somebody that, you know, the husband and wife should flirt with each other, uh, you know, and, and boyfriend and girlfriends, they, they flirt with each other. And so uh, but when it comes down to just being outright provocative, uh, you know, uh, there's a difference. How many of us, when we send our children to college, there is a concern that they not become seduced uh, by their own lust or by the lust of another so that they'll finish school, get an education and finish school. But when lust comes in, uh, our daughters wind up coming home pregnant. 
uh, and education is put on a hold and sometimes not even completed. Uh, our sons uh, become early fathers and, and, and so they have to start work in, in order to take care of the son, the child that is being born, uh, rather than running away from a responsibility, all because of lust. There is a way to contain yourself. There's a way to be strong, uh, even uh, an understanding. We have to teach our children to understand uh, their bodies and understand that, yes, you will wake up and, and certain parts of you will wake up before you did. And, and so we have to help them to know the, the norms and different things, but don't uh, abuse, don't allow uh, others to influence you and to tell you it's all right to give in to certain uh, behavior because of a natural reaction. The power of lust uh, is placed, uh, is provided and lets us know that it is dangerous. The Bible tells us that many are called and few are chosen. Many are called, but they won't be chosen because lust has taken over their heart. Lust has taken over their mind that has caused them, instead of them seeking to uh, guard their heart with all diligence, instead of seeking to, uh, to, to make sure that they are a way is ushered in for them into the kingdom of God, they've given in. And so therefore they've been called, but they're not chosen. The Bible tells us over in Peter, it said, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Uh, don't give in to lust. If you give in to it, you won't be making your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, what things? The things that he's telling us to do, uh, you shall never fall. And, and in doing diligence, we give diligence on the job. Diligence uh, about other people's professions and different things. We know the stats of the player. Somebody uh, stopped me to talk about the Lakers and how they could, they could wrap it up tonight. You know, and but listen, uh, we shouldn't be so caught up in a job and not being focused on our job. We shouldn't be so caught up in what other people are doing in a stats. What about the stat that God has on you? The Bible tells us that there is a book of remembrance that's been written. Does God have your stats in it? Does God even have your name written in it? Or has it been blotted out because you have not given diligence unto him? Oh, bless your Lord Jesus. Uh, diligence on the job, diligence about people's profession and their stats. How about being diligent about your soul? We have to seal the deal. Seal the deal means to uh, solidify, to finalize, or decide upon the agreement or the terms thereof. And when we want to seal the deal after an interview, that's what we want to do. Uh, when we uh, are making a purchase on a vehicle, we want to get it to the right interest rate. We want to get it to the right price, and then we want to seal the deal. Uh, we need to seal the deal by agreeing and carrying out the terms of the agreement. We need to know what God's terms are. We need to know what God is going to agree to, and it's written in his word. He's already given us the contract. He's already given us his word. Uh, he said, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It's written about me. And so God wants us to know how to seal the deal. And uh, this is why uh, Peter is presenting the word in such a way. This is why uh, the other apostles and disciples uh, began to witness and to present the word of God to let people know this is how you seal the deal. On the day of Pentecost, they were told how to seal the deal. Uh, they were told to repent. Repentance is part of sealing the deal, turning from our wicked ways and not turning back again. And so we want to seal the deal. Uh, God said, be born again. Nicodemus uh, went to Jesus and said, uh, how can he have eternal life? And the Lord said, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. You can't seal the deal if you're not born again. You can't seal the deal by just believing uh, the devil believes and trembles. Uh, you've got to do more than just believe in God. Every fallen demon, every, uh, every the devil believe in God. They all know about the presence of God. They have a knowledge about God, but they're not saved. You can have a knowledge about God and you will not be saved. Intellectual knowledge does not save you, but your actions and what you do according to the word of God is what makes the difference. He that believeth, he that readeth, he that doeth these things shall be saved. It doesn't matter what we're going through. 
You know, I was thinking about, you know, you hear me talking about the being rapture ready and talking about uh, these things. And, and, and let me tell you that in between that, God is concerned about everything that goes on with us. He's concerned about it all. We're not just when we, being rapture ready. It goes through or being ready to be caught up. It deals with even our rough patches. I was going through a very rough patch in life, emotionally, mentally, physically. Uh, things were challenged, lost everything. The children were, were strapped and, and uh, in and holding on to the roller coaster. We were all riding a roller coaster together, going through ups and downs. Our faith in God is what carried us through the ricky rackety of that roller coaster, which had a bunch of bumps on it. I'm telling one, and I, re, I, I refer to it as the roller coaster because I went to Magic Mountain one day. Excuse me, not Magic Mountain. went to Knox Berry Farm. And their oldest roller coaster is made out of wood. And I, I got on that roller coaster, I'm telling you, and, and it racked off. My bones were just aching when I got off of it. It took me through ups and downs and rounds and different things uh, that had me uh, afraid to lift my hands up and thinking that, you know, it was just not a fit. And trials of life would take you through a ride like that. It would have you hurting. Everybody in the family, we were all hurting. Uh, you know, but God had sealed the deal. God had sealed the deal and we didn't know it. You know, that in the agreement, in the contract that God had with us, uh, that if we would just be faithful and we were being faithful and yet serving the Lord, serving the Lord with tears in our eyes, serving the Lord with, uh, with, with the sorrow that had filled our hearts. And, and so, but God had sealed the deal. And I was reading over in Genesis 18 and 19 and said, for I know him. Who does God know? He knows you. God knows what you will do. He knows what you won't do. And that he commanded his children and his household after him, uh, Abraham, uh, not just Abraham, but how many fathers out there, how many mothers out there are commanding their children and the household after him and to keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment. And the Lord may bring him, bring up Abraham, but he also made us a promise and we're blessed through him. Uh, one day I received a phone call and, and you know, about a job, a recruiter, you know, I had lost the job. I had lost the home was gone and everything, uh, you know, and so, but God had sealed the deal and, and a recruiter had called me and told me about a job. But the job description didn't measure up. So I kept telling them, no, no, I can't do that because that's not my skill set. And I began to ask questions. Another week went by and I still denied that can't go there. One day the, the recruiter called me and he said, listen, he said, God wants you to have this job. See, he had sealed the deal. I didn't know it. And God wants you to have the job. Uh, he had already uh, worked things out. And, the, and not only did the recruiter tell me that, but he said, when I come to hear you preach, I want you to be at ease, not stressed out over work or anything. This is your job. Don't you know when I went to that interview, I agreed to go. I went to that interview and they handed me a blank check at the end and was hired me on the spot at that moment. So not only did the house that I lost uh, get recovered, but it's twice the size of what I have. Somebody asked me, said, what you going to do with all that house? I'm going to live in it and I'm going to praise God for what the Lord has done. And uh, uh, bless your Lord Jesus. Not only had the Lord sealed the deal there, but the mother-in-law of the owner of the house, uh, she's over in Germany uh, of the apostolic faith, had witnessed to her son-in-law. He's Jewish, witnessed to her son-in-law and was telling him about the coming of Christ. And she told him, said, I'm going to pray that God will save your soul, that God would bless you and deliver you. Don't you know that I work for the owner of that company and, 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 and God had blessed him and had spared him from a heart condition as we prayed for him and as uh, other visions uh, was on the altar that even when he retired and sold the company, that the new owner, uh, that when he was having a serious situation, I was on the altar praying and God showed me his image. And I stayed there on the altar only to find out that he was suffering and was about to go in for heart surgery. God had sealed the deal. God will handle not only our spiritual, but he will handle 
are natural situations as well, as long as we follow what the word of God is saying. When we follow what the word of God says, we are attentive. We listen a, a lot better. You see, we have to learn to be a good listener to what God is saying. We have to learn to ask the right questions. He will handle our mental, our emotional, and our physical needs. We have to be willing to give our diligence unto the Lord. We have to be willing. Oh, bless your Lord Jesus. We have to be willing to follow the word of God, not just quote the word. Quoting the word is not going to, is not enough. But we have to be, as he said, as pilgrims, as strangers, recognize that I am here. It is a temporary season. We're passing through. And in our passing through, we're going to do what? We're going to abstain from fleshly lust. In our passing through, we're going to realize that these things are attacking our walk with the Lord and warring against our soul. What are we going to do? We're going to give diligence to make our calling and our election sure, because if we do these things, we won't fall. If we do these things, let me just be candid right quick. Listen, you ought to get tired of repenting. You ought to get tired of saying, Lord, forgive me for what I've done. You know, it's nothing wrong with, uh, I know Daniel prayed, and, I, and I'm in total agreement with how Daniel prayed. Lord, we have sinned. Even though Daniel did not do anything wrong, he still included himself with the sins of his people. We ought to ask God when we pray. Now, our prayers are not selfish. Lord, give me, give me, give me. No, we shouldn't have a selfish prayer except the saving of our soul. I'm very selfish about that. Lord, save me, save me. But listen, you ought to be tired of, Lord, asking forgiveness of the same thing. Lord, deliver me from the same thing over and over again. You have to make up in your mind to be diligent. You have to make up in your mind to guard your heart and you have to hang out and stay around other people that are doing the same thing. I was talking to a backslider and I refer to them backslider because we haven't seen them in months. Faithfulness. God looks for us to be faithful, but yet where's the faithfulness? And they mentioned how they get up at zero dark hours and hit the gym. Hmm. But come into an early morning worship service, which you agree to be part of, is too demanding. How does God feel about that? How does God feel about your extracurriculum and your activity that you make concession for, but you won't enter into his house of worship? You don't make time for even personal devotion, even at home. You don't listen to even... Mm. God's not going to ignore the faithfulness of those making the trip to service. He's not going to ignore those that are getting up at the appointed time to listen to the service being aired. The minister making is making preparation. I know I make preparation. I know to get into the word of God, to be at his place at a certain time so that we can present and to admonish you not to give in to your own lust, to tip, warn you not to accommodate that feeling. The Bible tells us that God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell, delivered them into chains of darkness, reserved unto judgment, spared not the old world, nor uh, saved Noah, the eighth person turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. The Lord knows how to deliver the ungodly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Listen, God knows how to deliver, but we have to also be committed. We say we're going to seal the deal with God. I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be faithful. Then let's do that. Let's do that. We can do it. God didn't ask us to do anything that we could not do. Hmm. So we don't want to walk in the flesh. Uh, we don't want to walk in lust of uncleanness and despise 
government authority or anything of that nature, but pray for them. We'll pray for them. We're going to fast for them. And I hope you're fasting. I hope you're fasting and praying because some things come by fasting and prayer. That's what Jesus told his disciples. Some things come by fasting and praying. The gospel deals with the good, the bad, and the ugly. So why? So that we can be ready. The gospel deals with that so that we can be ready, so that we can seal the deal, so that we can give God the due diligence of praise and worship that is due unto his name. Now, the Bible tells us that this second in this second epistle that Peter writes to them, he said, now I write unto you both which to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. These things are not foreign to you. You already know this. You've heard it. You've heard it preached. You've heard it in the radio. You've heard it in a song. It's not foreign to you. You already know and understand these things. That they that you might be mindful of the words which were spoken by the prophets and of the command of the commandments of the apostles that was given by the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, knowing that first there shall come in the last day scoffers. Those that speak against the word that I'm speaking right now are scoffers and they're walking after their own lust. When you see somebody, when you hear somebody speaking contrary to the word of God, they're speaking because of their they're being moved by their own lust. And those that are saying, where is the promise of his coming? You want don't don't challenge God. People want to challenge God. Say he ain't came yet. He's not going to come right now. Listen, he's going to come when he wants to. And no man knows the hour but him. He's going to come when at the time that he's appointed and he's not sharing that with nobody. But you better be mindful that at the last trump, the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise. And we which are alive are going to be caught up to meet him in the air. Hmm. Don't challenge him. The whole creation. The Bible said that the whole creation is groaning and waiting for the for us to be revealed. The Lord's not slack concerning his promise. This is what what Peter was telling him. Whatever God has said, and we want to grab hold to the blessing. God's going to bless me with a new house. He's going to bless me with a color TV. He's going to bless me with with a skateboard. You know, we want to grab hold to those things. But what about taking control of your soul? Soul, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye not that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. What about that? What about embracing the word of God that has to do? Listen, let me help somebody help out here. I need you to understand this. I need you to really get this. Because people have confused physical and tangible blessings with being in the will of God. When we read the word of God, the Bible plainly let us know that there are people that was not serving the Lord that was rich. And, you know, they, they were well off. They had what they needed and what you're seeking for instead of seeking the Lord. Now, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel was in captivity because of the sins. He said, I was reading, I was trying to figure out, man, what's going on? Why are we in captivity? Because he was taken in as a young man. School and the language of the Chaldeans had to learn. And, and But listen, listen, I got to cut it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going over my time. But listen, I want you to understand this, that in his captivity, he sought the Lord. He was dedicated unto the Lord. And he would not give in to lust. And by not giving in at an early age, by not giving in, by not giving in, God raised him up. Dreams and visions. I said this the other night, and I'm going to emphasize this, and then I'm going to have to stop. We'll, we'll come back and the Lord say the same and deal with this some more. But listen, I said that if you are giving yourself wholly unto the Lord, that you may shake the hands of someone and God will allow the Shekinah glory to appear upon you. When I was in that interview, God had sealed the deal for me. The interviewer said that when they talked about reverse engineering, we were talking about reverse engineering, they said that I illuminated. There was something that just 
was so exciting about that, that they could see. When you are in the situation, Daniel was in a situation that he did not want to be in, but God was with him. And when Daniel, uh, others could not interpret the dream, God gave Daniel the wisdom and the knowledge. He went to the Lord about it. We need to go to the Lord about the situations and listen tentatively for, which means, listen, I'm about to tell you, you're going to have to cut some folks loose. Yeah, when the Bible said, don't be unequally yoked, it's not just talking about, uh, you know, you, you hanging out with people that are doing things that are ungodly. It's also talking, about, it's also about those, because it was written to the church, it's also dealing with people that have not liked the same spirit. I'm not saying ignore your brothers and sisters, but there are some things that when you're seeking God, you're going to have to consecrate. You're going to have to reserve yourself in order to hear from heaven. You go to shake someone's hand and they see the power or feel the power of God and grant you what you're looking for. You, They may see something about you. You don't know, but you have to reposition yourself. Position yourself and you have to reposition yourself and see what the end is going to be. God's word is not going to fail. I, I'm, out of, I'm out of time, and I really want to exhort and deal with that. But listen, I, I just want you to know that God, God has sealed the deal. We just have to be faithful. Be faithful to the agreement that we have made with the Lord. Be faithful. Can you, can you be faithful? I believe you can be faithful. I believe that you will be faithful unto him. Bless your Lord Jesus. My God, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I really want to go on, but I can't listen. But I, I want you to know and I want you to understand that if you're not in a church of truth and power, go. You need to go. You need to get in the, in the word of God. And you need to be faithful. If you're in the Southern California area, you know, uh, uh, we're at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. And uh, we have room for you. And if you have ministry, you want to work your ministry, listen, that's what we're about. We're about working ministry, the saving of souls. Uh, that's what it's all about. It's not about fame. It's not about uh, anything we want. Uh, I want God to recognize me. I want the Lord to recognize me and to uh, know my name. I want the Lord to know my name. He knew Cornelius' name and he blessed Cornelius, said, well done. He didn't use those words, but he, he was telling them, uh, you got favor with me. I don't want to claim, just claim it. I want to see the results of it as God did with Cornelius. So I uh, just want you to know that, uh, again, 8 a.m. worship, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Bible study, and 9, um, 9 o'clock on Thursdays, which is really a broadcast of our service, our teaching, um, not a physical presence. And so with that being said, I want you to be blessed in the Lord. Listen, the songs featured are respectively the property of the artist and producer. So please support gospel music and the ministry. And certainly, uh, again, this is Pastor Carl Henderson. I hope to see you soon. Hope to see you here. If not, to see you there. Until then, be blessed and rest in the Lord. In Jesus' name. Lord God, thank you for your goodness, your grace. Lord, thank you for your word that was exhorted this morning. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless the listeners, those that we're here, hearing now, those that we're here later, Lord God. Lord, move by your power, Lord God. Strengthen, Lord, Lord Jesus, and to give you glory and to give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name, we deny, we cast down every stronghold. Lord God, that you be exalted, that your word be exalted, Lord God. Lord, have preeminence in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.